It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Auburn's offseason was close to perfect, but now Hugh Freeze has to change his focus entering the season. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me, Montgomery Radio vet, the man you want to be. It's Daryl Daprich hanging out with us today. And happy start of fall camp to all who celebrate. And if you're joining us, if you're in every day or, of course, you are celebrating just that. But, Daryl, the big day. It's exciting. And it's even more exciting than we probably thought it would be six months ago because the offseason has been so good. It's been so perfect. Half the roster wasn't here a year ago. We think we've improved it at most positions. But now, Hugh Freeze has to put a different hat on. He no longer has to focus 100% of his time on talent acquisition he now gets to coach again. And we saw we saw this version of, of course, in spring, but now it matters so much more because the full roster is now in play. So now it's on Hugh Freeze to he's built the roster. Now he has to build these individual players over the next few weeks. Yeah, you know, there's always demarcation points along an offseason where you start to track and start to see when you're getting close. Obviously, what happened in the transfer portal was so great for Auburn fans because yeah. it gave us like a, another mini season when you watch the roster rebuilding in front of your eyes and then SEC right. media days. Now, the start of fall camp. Any fall camp, if you're a college football fan, you go into it with optimism and excitement. This one is off the charts for what you just said. Number one, the excitement of the recruiting buzz that's going on right now, what he did in the transfer portal a few months ago, and then the unknown, the curiosity of what's he going to do on the field? What kind mm. of coach? What are we going to see with play calling? What are we going to see with developing? I mean, all those storylines make it so exciting, but you're right. Now it starts to really, really matter. He won the offseason. There's no doubt if you're an Auburn fan, you're as excited going to this fall camp as you've been in a long time. Yeah. But you have to follow that up with some success on the field and coaching and scheming and play calling. And I think that is just as exciting as going into a first recruiting class, proving the first transfer portal. What's he going to do? All these things that you can check off your list. Now we come to what kind of coach on Saturdays is he going to be. And to me, that's the most exciting part. I cannot wait to watch it unfold. I'm with you, especially the scheme aspect of it. And we've seen Hugh Freeze beat teams that are better than him from a talent standpoint. He beat he beat Nick Saban in back-to-back years while he was the head coach at Ole Miss, which is obviously exciting, but also you know, beating Arkansas a year ago when he was a head coach at Liberty. I mean, that was their Super Bowl, and he lived up to the task, and that was a really, really cool moment when he was able to pull that off, and we didn't know at the time that he'd be Auburn's next head coach, but I think Auburn fans were even celebrating that because it's Arkansas, and that's hilarious that, <laughs> that they lost that game. And so... Now it's, okay, what does this look like? Because 
we saw different position groups and we heard reports of different position groups getting better over the course of spring practice. The offensive line certainly passes the eye test this past spring, especially at the center and the two tackles. They went and got some other guys to play offensive line. We'll see how that works out. Or do you, know, you bring Cam Stutz to media days? Is he one of these starters at guard? What does Connor Liu look like? Is he going to start as a freshman? Jeremiah Wright seems to be really well-respected amongst the, the, the locker room. Does that work out? But, and of course, the defensive back room, you feel good about that. The running back room, you feel good about that. But the position groups where there's like, okay, there's a glaring weakness. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he didn't pull any punches in his press conferences this past spring. I mean, he gave some love to the linebackers. And, you know, they went out and only got one linebacker since the end of spring. Larry Nixon, but the defensive line, specifically like the Jack linebacker pass rushing situation, they went out and got some of those guys. Mm-hmm. They needed help at wide receiver. You didn't hear anything good about the wide receiver. And it's kind of funny because the, you know, Heather Denich of ESPN goes to the practice and she's like, God, oh, what's going on with these wide receivers? And everybody kind of is like, what are you doing? What are you going on? And she was right. She was right on that front. And so they go out and get four new Wide receivers that all are apparently having great summer sessions, which is exciting. I'll have a chance to start. So now you got to see what Hugh Freeze does and this coaching staff does as far as, okay, the talent's there. Let's get guys in the right spot. You don't really have that long to do it. You don't. And I think it's it, it's a classic example of how a season unfolds and what it looks like, the feel that you get. So, I, you know, I want to win – and it's you freeze and the Auburn fan base wants to win as many games as possible. Sure. But to me, I have a feeling that this coaching staff, a seven and five or an eight and four will look different than a normal eight and four or seven and five will. There will be excitement within that framework of a 12 game season. If Auburn wins eight games in all 12 games, I think that you'll be come away pleased with effort, performance scheme, how he utilizes these players I know it sounds strange, but all not all seven and fives and eight and fours and nine and threes are created equal. Right. I think this coaching staff will put players in position on the field to succeed that even if they come up short in a couple games, you're going to walk away satisfied and say, you know what, man, we're just Auburn's just right there. I mean, when he even gets more players with his schemes and his play calling and he gets the right personnel, that's what I feel like is going to happen. I just think it's going to feel and look different even if you get outmatched by a Georgia or an LSU or someone like that, I don't think you're going to walk away from that embarrassed or humiliated or, or head hung low. He's going to put players in positions to make plays and throughout the framework and course of a particular game, Auburn fans are going to have a lot to cheer about, which I think will translate into more wins and it'll look different at the end of the year. You'll go, that was a night. That was a great season. That was an exciting season. And you'll have highlights and plays that you can really get excited about, which builds for excitement in the future. That, yeah. That's what I think. And I don't care what position group it is. I think every position group was addressed now. Some you didn't have to. It was already elite. It was already stellar. Some you had to go out and get some players. I can't think of an area of a position group that on paper he didn't go out and address and get better. That is saying a ton. That is very difficult to do. Yeah, I mean, defensive back, but did we need that? That's what I'm saying. Defensive back, you didn't need to. You were already stellar. I mean, if you go out and you have Bryce Young, you're not going to add to the quarterback room and say we got better. 
I'm not saying our defensive backs are the equivalent of a Bryce Young, but I feel like our I don't know. I'm obnoxiously high on DJ James, so I, I wasn't going to stop you. I wasn't going to was let you do it. I love Keontae Scott. I mean, I just am. I just think that he is going to be really have a good year. I love the kid. So yeah, I think Auburn's defensive backfield's top three in the conference, and because of that, you didn't have to do much to address that. And they probably did with safety or whatever. We'll see how that plays out. I just they man, pursued I, a few safeties. It just didn't really work. So, right. Yeah. Yep. yep. The timing of the schedule. I feel like at the start of the offseason, I liked how Auburn's schedule worked out. I don't like it now, really. Um, and it's not even because for some reason we're acting like Cal is going to be a significantly tougher game than it probably is. It's tough because you're going on the road across country. You're going to have a lot of questions about your roster. Like, I get that. Cal's got a bunch of transfers, too. And we'll talk about them later in the in the process of the offseason. But uh, after you return home and play Sanford, you go to College Station, you host Georgia, you go to LSU, and you host Ole Miss. Like, that's just, that's tough. That's really, really hard stretch. And so if you don't figure out all these things, like where this new talent's going to go, then all of a sudden it's like, how are you going to figure out where all of these pieces fit um, and, and execute at a high level. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. So we will see. Are there holes in Auburn's class? It's very good in 2024, but are there holes in the class? We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. In jobs these days, every new potential hire could feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. A lot of folks need better jobs right now, and they are looking. Odds are, if you want to find somebody better for your company, They've already got a job, so you need to head over to LinkedIn Jobs because that's where employed people are going to look for jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Hi, Daryl Daprich hanging out with us on this wonderful Wednesday Daryl, we both feel really good, really strongly about Auburn's 2024 class, but there are holes in it. Maybe. We discussed that now. When you look at it, the trenches seem to be the one place where you look and you're kind of scratching your head, right? And also because we've kind of sung this song before, where it's like top 10 class, a lot to be excited about, but there's not a ton of offensive linemen. DeAndre Carter is expected to commit soon, and Auburn is the clear favorite as more and more crystal balls come Auburn's way for him. Is that enough? Is that enough to kind of say, okay, all right, if we get one or two more of these guys, we're going to be okay, and maybe that's the start of something? I absolutely think it is, and I think it's because of the addition of Dylan Sedna, which when you look at it, just at 
Auburn had an enormous amount of offensive tackles last class. So you may say, well, what does that have to do with this class? Well, it makes me a lot less concerned if you don't get those kind of numbers in 2024 because of loading up in 2023 and then adding a transfer from Northwestern who's never played a college football down yet, but was, you know, basically in that 23 class is how you look at it. Because right. of the numbers and the quantity of offensive linemen that they procured in 2023, including this Sedna kid, I don't have the same fear or the same anxiety about Auburn only getting two or three in this class. They could go a cycle and only get a couple because of the way they loaded up last year. They just can't go two cycles. You better go get some. If you don't get three in 2023, and I think Auburn, or 2024 class, I think Auburn will. I think Auburn will end up with three offensive linemen. Then you're okay. But if you don't get that, then you better get five, six again in 2025. Because again, because it goes back to what they were able to accomplish in the the 23 class with how many linemen they signed. Are you saying Sedna? Yes. Are you sure it's said that way? It may not be. I may be. I don't know. It's spelled S-E-N-D-A, but I don't know. It could be Sedna. Could be Senda. Senda, Dylan. Dylan, our boy Dylan. Uh, But I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think three... Really solid offensive lineman and Dylan Cinda coming in, former four star. I think that really juices up what you need. I think that's enough because Auburn's gonna have to rely on the transfer portal for offensive line, I think, for the next two cycles. I, I just yeah. think that's part of it. Um, getting Muskrat helps because I think he's in the future plans. I think too tall Miller is certainly in the future plans, but you need other guys, you need to constantly be re- reloading that. It's gonna take several years for that. So I'm not pressing i don't think they need four or five offensive linemen but i think three is a good good number another hole that sticks out is the other side of the line of scrimmage yes. defensive line malik blocked and you feel good about that then it kind of drops out and joseph phillips is expected to play jack slash edge which helps some but as far as those down hand on hand in the dirt defensive linemen you got to fix that but i mean with tj Lindsay, uh Kamiri franklin coming in like or potentially coming in I mean, that could become a position of strength in this class really quick. It could flip from a a, a hole or a yeah. you know a, a weakness to a strength in a matter of a week. So I I, I want to make sure it's a. I'm glad you differentiated defensive line and not including Jack or Edge guys. I, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm saying. When I think defensive line, it's exactly like you said, hand in the gr- ground dudes, nose tackles, interior linemen. That kind of thing is what I think Auburn right now is lacking in this class. But again, it could change within a matter of one week. And Lindsey could pop, and then Franklin can pop, and maybe there's one more that's out there, and then that can become like what I feel linebacker has become is a strength in this class. Although it depends on how you classify Phillips, you know, like you said, you know, edge, that kind of stuff. So I I think that's definitely right now needs that Auburn – has to address, but the great thing about it is they are. They've got them on campus. We're hearing yeah. rumors that Auburn's leading it with these guys. So get a couple of them to to commit, and you turn it around from a question mark to an exclamation mark in a heartbeat. Auburn's about to lose a lot of tight ends. Is Martavius Collins good enough in your mind? Is is that enough in this class for you to feel content with that? No, I'd like to add one more tight end. And we'll talk about another position where I'd like to add one more person. But, you know, you got Michael Riley Ducker, who's mm-hmm. ready to emerge. 
and I'm talking about after Fairweather leaves next year. And then, like you said, you've got Collins. So I think you need one more, especially the way Hugh Freeze uses tight ends. Right. And I think what, what you're going to see is Fairweather is going to spoil us as a fan base. He's going to give us a taste. Yeah, right. And so you're going to go, oh, my gosh, look at how they're using the tight end. Look at how great the, using the tight end in this offense is. So it's going to make you hungry to get more tight ends to be used that way. I think he's going to give us an appetizer. He's going to tease us. He's going to, we're going to go, you know what? This is what we want from a tight end, so you better stock some to go forward and use them in the Hugh Free system. What's the other position group that you want well, to see somebody added? Running back. I'd like to get one more. You want two? Uh, and I think, you know, between Watson and maybe the kid, um, Frazier, there's mm. probably it, – it, it's going to happen. But until it does, it's a concern for me. You know, until the, the hay is in the barn kind of thing. I love Fat Burnett. I think he's a great start to this running back class, but I'd like to add one more. I think you go into any recruiting class, if you get two four-star or better running backs every year and then grab one in the portal if you have to, you're doing that you're you're building that. And I mean, you know, obviously with Cobb and Batie and some of those guys in Austin, Auburn yeah. set and, and and Hunter, but that could change quickly. Injuries and then if you want to go a class out, I mean Alvin Henderson has a chance of popping. So yeah, he's one of the best classes, our best exactly. in that class. So, but even that 2025 class, you know, that's what you don't know. It's it's a crapshoot. Mm -hmm. Do you tell Henderson if you sign with us, we won't recruit another running back because he's so elite and you want him so bad? Even a guy like Henderson, I think you got to take another back. I think the key in this day and age of college football, and, the, and especially the SEC, and this is something Hugh Freeze has always done, is having a change of pace with your running backs. The lightning, the th you know, the lightning and thunder type thing, where you have a back that can get you yards in between the tackles. Yeah. You have a back that can bounce outside, and then you have a, a back that can take it to the house that can house it. Auburn has that dynamic right now in the running back room. Change of pace backs, different types of backs. You need to continue that, and that's why you probably need two running backs every class. Yes, I'm not as in that boat or camp as you are and a lot of other people are, I do think it'll happen. But I don't think we should just take a running back to take a running back. And it seems like they like these two guys. Don't get me yeah. wrong. And what yeah. I've watched with uh, the the Watson kid who's committed to Louisville currently, I like his tape, Daryl. I mean, there's nothing really to kind of look at and say, like, this doesn't make sense because he's a different style of runner than what yes. Fat Burnett is. Fat Burnett's going to be more of your bruiser. And then, you know, I think Duke Watson could be kind of some other, you know, get the ball in his hands on the edges or throw the ball to him or, or whatever you need him to do a one cut kind of back style player. So I get it. I totally get it. Uh, but then everything else, like you obviously feel good about quarterback. You obviously feel good about wide receiver. And then the defensive back situation is incredible. Yeah. To me, it's just, can you get two more offensive linemen? Can you get those two big body defensive linemen? And I'm with you. If you get a tight end and a running back, like let's, let's mail this thing in. You know what I mean? That's the the beauty of getting a a class that's really diversified. Where once you get those big dogs, and Auburn has an opportunity to have four, five stars in this class if it if it breaks their way, you can get picky then in your selections for position group. Like you said, not just take a running back to take a running back. Say, well, if these two, these are the two I'm targeting. If they yeah. come, great. If not. You know, I'm not going to just take a, a lower three star just to have the body in the room. When you get the the high quality guys out of the way, you can start being picky in your position groups, and it's really a foreign, 
foreign uh, place to be over the last couple of years. To tell yeah. you the truth, it's just yeah. it's, it's it's incredible. It's, it's a it's fun incredible. place to be right now. There's no doubt. So uh, every fall and spring, but we're in fall camp now. There's a fall. I, I call them fall flings, where these guys, you know, there are reports out of camp that they're absolutely killing it, and then nothing happens once they hit the season. I have a few predictions for a fall fling. Sounds like you do as well, Daryl. I'll give a little hint. Mine's a tight end, and it's not Rivaldo Fairweather. We discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I want to encourage you to join the Locked Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Daryl, I think this offense is going to be running a lot of things through Rivaldo Fairweather. And I think you're going to have the first group do stuff. I think you're going to have the second and third groups then come in behind them and do similar things. And I think the process of that is Michael Riley Ducker is going to get a lot of catches in practice because the backup quarterbacks and the backup offenses, they're going to run stuff that's like seams and, and things that are designed to hit the tight end quickly because everybody needs to be on the same page. And, and I think Michael Riley Ducker is going to be the benefactor of being Rivaldo Fairweather's backup throughout fall camp. It's a great pick. Uh, he He's very similar uh, physical attributes. Totally. To, to Fairweather. I mean, he's athletic. He's, you know, I look at that. He He's a guy that looks like a big bodied wide receiver, but he's a tight end. And what he'll do is run those hash routes or those, those seam routes up the middle. And we'll see Fairweather make a living off of that. It's going to be yeah. beautiful to watch. I think you'll see Riley Ducker coming behind Fairweather on the second team running those same type of routes where you go in the middle of the field, get up the seam, you get 20, 25 yards, and it, it's going to be one of those situations where they look so similar. And, and they'll right. run, same. I think, the same type of patterns because of the similar attributes where you may not do that with another tight end. You may throw them in the flat or get mm. them outside a little bit more and not go up the seam. So, And then I think, you know, in the end zone, goal line. I'm still really excited about seeing what happens if Auburn's inside the 10 and, you know, how they use a big body tight end to seal people mm -hmm. and, and put their, you know, their big bodies to the back of the goal line and seal people. They can't get through them to the ball. It'll be really special to watch, but I, I like uh, that's a good pick with Riley Ducker. All right. You give me a, give me a fall fling that's happening right now. Caleb Burton. Mm. I think he's going to show out his speed. Um, Ohio think, State wide receiver transfer. Ohio State transfer wide receiver Caleb Burton. I think he's going to turn some heads and have a little fall fling action, like you said. That's pretty pretty great term there. Um, and he's going to. I think he's going to get people overhyped, a little bit overexcited at what he does in camp. I mean, Auburn always has those dudes. I remember like Marcus McLean would catch all these touchdown passes and have a great fall camp and there's always dudes that do that um some running backs have done that in the past so i like yeah. caleb burton a lot to, to, yeah to, to i mean it seems out. like it's always the fourth running back it's like yeah john jackson, Sean jackson totally. yeah 
Totally. And, and carry people down the field. We're like, there's our bruiser back. We need, uh -huh. you know, you'll get like three touches. Yeah. It's like, I, I love Sean Jackson. I think what he's done for this team has been great, but it's just, there's so many running backs ahead of him that need touches. So yeah. that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Interesting note about the wide receivers. And, and I said this on the show yesterday, Daryl, I think the wide receiver room is going to be the room we know least about heading into the season. And I say the collective we, like everyone, everyone that exists on this planet. I think that's going to be the position group that we know the least about, including the team, uh, just because they're going to have to try different things, I think, in games. And also depends on how long the quarterback battle stretches out, how many true reps you're going to be able to really get. And question marks with health with sure. a particular receiver. So, you know, if Shorter's ready to go and 100% healthy, he may answer the question. But if that's – we don't know – then we're, we don't know. And so that's going to be an unknown going into the, yeah. in, into the season. On the On to Victory podcast, uh, I hosted it with, with uh, Jason Campbell. I don't know when it goes up. It'll go up sometime this week. But one of the guests we had on this week is, is the baby goat, Hank Brown. And Jason asked him, who are the wide receivers we should be excited about in, in fall camp? And he said, I've got two. One of them was Camden Brown, the love of your life. He's and I the other heart. I don't know how to do that. Okay, go ahead. Well, that was a that was a good looking heart. Was, and then the other, he's like, I'll go slot receiver for the other one. And I'm just like, he's gonna say Javarius Johnson or Caleb Burton, right? Yeah, he, he didn't. He said Jay Fair. Wow. So his two answers were Camden Brown and Jay Fair. I don't know what to do with that information, but it, I mean, that would make sense, right? I mean, it would make sense for both of those guys to pop. I think Jay Fair would yeah. surprise me more than Camden, just to be honest, because Javarius Johnson appears to be the obvious slot. Are there enough mouths to feed from a slot receiver standpoint uh, for that to really happen? I don't know, because I would assume Coy Moore would be second. He may not be, but I thought that answer was interesting. That is interesting, and I was going to say this. If that's the case, that bodes well. For Auburn, if Jay Fair emerges, I think you have what I consider to be known commodities in Brown, in Coymore, in Hooks, in my opinion, in Shorter, sure. if he's healthy. Right. These are guys that I think we feel pretty confident about if they're a stock you buy. If you get a guy like Fair that emerges and Burton that emerges, then you're really getting deep. And you're, and I just think it will absolutely bode well for depth and what. There's a potential there to run six or seven wide receivers at you every game, and it could just be total madness if those guys produce. That'd be great. I think we would all take that in a heartbeat. So tomorrow is when practice actually starts. They just report today. But on Thursday and Friday, we will get a few minutes uh, in the open media, open viewing period. And so we'll report as much as we can from that. We'll also get a few press conferences um, as well. So we'll react to all of that. Don't worry. Be sure to subscribe to Locked on Auburn so you see every bit of coverage that we bring your way. Daryl, how can people give you some love, my friend? Uh, follow me on Twitter, DAP6410. I'll follow you back. We can interact. And then in the Discord, I'm always in the Locked on Auburn Discord. Love interacting with the Locked on Auburn brethren there. That's right. You can find uh, all of my stuff on socials at Z Blackerby. And all my written work at auburndaily.com. Until tomorrow, we'll see you. This has been Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here. 
listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.